Hey there, it's Antonio. Welcome to episode two of Who Cares If You Listen. Thanks so much for all the great feedback I've gotten from my inaugural episode with Jonathan Frazier. Uh, my guest for tonight's podcast is Dwayne McMullen, a.k.a. Dwayne the Boozin Blogger. Dwayne's a guy I met doing stand-up over at Absolute Comedy. He's sort of a mix between like a Bill Burr-type character and a Larry the Cable guy, which probably owes to him growing up in Smith's Falls and living now in Merrickville. Uh, Dwayne's been dealing with heart failure, which would make me probably throw a pity party for myself and stay locked in my basement, but that really propelled him up on stage, and he's got a live-life-with-no-regrets kind of attitude, which I find very inspiring. Whether or not you like his videos, and I'll try and link them in the description, um, I think he's a really interesting person, and I very much enjoyed this chat that I had with him. I hope you do too. And of course, if you don't, well, who cares if you listen? So I decided I'd just throw up a picture. <laughs> you know, I, it took me about like four or five episodes of Dwayne's World before I figured out that you had a green screen. I was like, holy fuck, it's always so sunny out there in Merrickville. <laughs> <laughs> I got to move. It's like drizzly and cloudy here in Nepean, and it's like partly cloudy with a nice blue skies out there. I'm like, it's a half hour drive. I don't know how you guys do it. I have actually, I will go back to using the green screen uh, once the weather gets crappy. I have been on my deck a lot and out at the pool a lot because I'm in a, my office here is a solarium. Okay. And in the summertime, it is hot as balls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have a solarium over at my grandparents. It gets up to like a good 50 degrees if you got the glass ceiling on and everything. Exactly. So it's like I walked. I walked in here tonight, and it was cold. Actually, cold because I left the windows open. It's like holy shit. But nice jersey, by the way. I, I figured it was. You know what? I haven't worn this in years, but I thought a little show of solidarity. But uh, to to the only Pats fan that I, I keep in touch with. But uh, I mean, it is a Tom Brady jersey, so it's got to be some mixed emotions, right? I have. I have one, and my kids both have Tom Brady jerseys, too. Uh, mixed emotions, yes. I was so pissed off when he left. He got he got a good ass stomping yesterday in New Orleans. And you know what? I was cheering. <laughs> I was cheering for New Orleans, too. Really? Really? There's no, uh, no love loss over there? I just – I know he'll come back to the Patriots um, at the end, like, at the end of his career, he'll do what Will Fork did. He'll sign like a a contract to just end as a Patriot. I'm sure yeah. Gronk will do the same thing. And but I'm still a little hurt. And I was so happy the way Cam played yesterday for the Patriots. Like he was amazing. Yeah. Well, he was always a good quarterback. I think that they kind of hung him out to dry in Carolina over there. But uh, you know, yeah, was, his the attitude. But at the same time, but at the same time, I mean, they beat the Dolphins, so you know, er, remains to be seen. Like that's a that's a pretty good start to your schedule there. They've got the hardest schedule I've seen in uh, forever. Like they haven't had such a this schedule this year is it's going to kill them. And I unfortunately, their offense better be better than just Cam Newton and uh, Julian Edelman. 
So real quick, because I do want to, you know, talk about other stuff, but I just wanted to know. That's just cool. Super, super quick. I'm going to do about six episodes of this podcast and then start uh, putting them up online. So these will probably come out in October. So if we're talking like week six, week seven of the NFL, what do you, what do you think the Pats record's going to be then? I want to hear some prognostication. Week seven, I think they're going to be – uh, five and two, maybe. Okay. Four and three. I just want to get yeah. on the record, and then we'll 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 you know. Oh, now I'll, you can blackmail me. Hundred <laughs> percent. They're gonna come out like one and six. You know, first week was a fluke. It was the Dolphins, and then it's like you know. Yeah, you, they're with the, they take. play the Seahawks next week. So let's just see what happens. That's 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 the show me what you can do game. Absolutely. But I do. I will put Cam Newton up against uh, Russell. Russell, uh, whatever his last name is. Wilson. Yeah, I'll put Cam up against Russell Wilson any day. All right. All right. Well. And I had Cam, and I had Russell as a backup quarterback last year for my fantasy. So he's a good quarterback. I got Ben Roethlisberger this year, and I got I don't even know who I have as a backup, but. Uh, I, I vowed never to get to Aaron Rodgers again after he screwed me off in my championship game. All he had to do is throw one touchdown pass, and he was just cold as ice that last game, week 15, and it was like never again, never again. I have Patrick Mahomes for both of mine. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah, and then I've got Aaron Rodgers as a backup, and honestly, I can't remember who the second backup is. There's, But, I mean, it's – my players never stay. I get rid of. I I'm very active with my fantasy. It goes yeah. tra- like I'll trade and deactivate and activate like crazy. So good for you. So we're here with Dwayne McMullen, aka Dwayne's World, aka Dwayne the Booze and Blogger. Thank you very much for joining me on. Who cares if you listen? I much appreciate that. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Oh please, I love I love this. I I I do get a kick out of out of. Uh, you know, watching your vids there on YouTube. And I want to get to know a little bit behind the booze and blogger. Cause amazingly enough, I couldn't find your biographical details online. So I only, <laughs> I, I only know what you post there on YouTube, but I mean, what, what is there to Dwayne behind the booze and blogger? Like, uh, you know, I'm i I'm just a regular old guy and um, I've got severe heart troubles and uh I don't, I can't work anymore because of my heart troubles. And uh, so I just do this to kill time. Same reason why I started doing stand up. Um, I, my big thing when I was told I was in heart failure was to not go out with uh, regrets. Yeah. So um, I, that's why I did started doing stand up was because I'm not going to, you know, go through life and go, I could have done that, you know? Um, and I was scared shitless. My mom used to write me notes when I was in grade school, so I didn't have to speak at the front of the class. Really? And, that, and then I started doing stand-up, so she's turning over in her grave right now. And if she sees any of my booze and blogger bits, well, <laughs> um, I started doing the booze and blogger I think a couple of years ago, um, and people liked it because I was hyper and, you know, I didn't give a shit. I didn't care. If I offend you, I offend you. I'm not going to make qualms about it. I'm not going to go out of my way to offend somebody. But if it happens, you know, it happens. That's that's why I liked your stand-up so much. 
Well, thank you. We were similar. Your your stand-up character is similar to my booze and blogger character. I thought you yelled you yelled and talked a, like loud, and you showed up in like a suit and because you're a lawyer. It's like this is fucking awesome. I love this guy. Dwayne, you've been persona non grata in the local comedy community. Don't drag me down with you, buddy. <laughs> Piss on those guys! Like, I mean, what they, was it? What, what, what was your what was your uh, your parting uh, gift over there? It was you wouldn't know comedy if it kicked you in the cunt? I think that was that. Yeah, was that, yeah, that was my parting shot. Um, and I don't regret it. Honestly, I might not get booked ever again. Um, to do stand up, that's fine by me. I'm happy with Dwayne's World. I'm going to work harder at it to get more viewers and more more subscribers and. And I'm going to try here and there, maybe throw in a, a per, an episode with somebody else with me, like to talk similar like this. Um, but yeah, I, I got tired of the fakeness. Were you doing a lot of shows before, uh, before that whole thing? I've got, a, uh, not in the last year. I took a year off because I was having a problem with the fakeness, um, the click, the click. And that yeah. always I know people are talking to your face, but they're also stabbing you in the back at the same time. And I couldn't deal with the high school crap. That high school mentality just doesn't do it for me. I mean, I was in high school. Yeah, I went to high school. And then, I mean, in undergrad, I studied music. And I find, especially with artistic, creative people, you're always going to get in those kinds of cliques. I mean, that's sort of inevitable. But at the same time, you know, if you want to pursue career uh, career in comedy if you want to go go that route it's you know certain point you just have to kind of figure out how to roll with the punches and figure out who it is that you need to be in good graces with and who's just noise as you go along and that's that's it too like i mean i i i have uh i'm in good graces with a bunch of people but there's a lot of people who um They'll send me messages behind the scenes because they don't, they're afraid for their, you know, for their status or whatever. Um, and that's fine by me. I, I really don't care. I got to say what I wanted to do and I got to be who I, who I am. I, um, that's why I took a year off because I wasn't Dwayne. I was just some wannabe stand up comic who just followed the crowd and, played nice with everybody and that's not me i i like to call bullshit when it happens and you know and i my you it was funny you asked me uh a week ago two weeks ago you inquired about my radio show yeah at cku yeah and my radio show was the exact same thing i didn't uh, hold back on anything i played hard driving rock and roll and like i mean the <laughs> i got myself in trouble there too because i played a couple of songs that were kind of uh, i tried to push the envelope a little but you know it's it's all fun that's really interesting i just want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago where you said you know you were a really shy kid and you had your mom kind of pack you notes or stuff to read in front of the class. I, I never would have figured it kind of listening to you and sort of listening to you shoot off the cuff there. So like, where did, where did Dwayne flick the switch as he, he went along in life? Um, I've always been very aggressive uh, sport. I've always played at all, all kinds of sports, uh, basketball, football, baseball, hockey. Um, and I've always been really aggressive 
but like I said, when I, when I, uh, when I got diagnosed with my heart condition, it was like, screw this. I got to, I've seen stand up so long and I've always wondered if I could do it. Now I've done 125, 150, uh, shows. Um, I know I can do it. And kudos to you because I can honestly say like I'm thinking myself or, you know, I've had enough family members like we're kind of the encyclopedia of cardiac problems and it's, you know, you know, you kind of look in the mirror and say, you know, maybe what what's waiting for you. I don't know that I would take it that well. I feel like there's a real opportunity to like go to a dark place and just have a pity party. And it sounds like you're completely not doing that. Um, I've never Maybe for a few days, but yeah, I never, uh, no, it's like, um, I think I found, now don't tell my secrets. Um, I think I found the, the, what happens is if you can go through your life with very, very minimal regrets, maybe that's what gets you to the point where I'm at, because I don't have, I have maybe a couple regrets. And other than that, it's like. You know, there's worse shit in life. Um, I could be homeless. Like, I mean, could you imagine? Um, and I'm sure there's homeless people out there that have the same heart conditions or whatever. And I'm not that. I ended up working, you know, I work, I, I get paid very well because I'm still technically a uh, an employee with my, you know, with the company I work for. So that's that's cool. I would rather just keep them. <laughs> you, you don't want to be associated with their brand or vice they versa. They don't, they don't want to be associated with you. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. Um, yeah. I, they tried to hide me from customers. <laughs> you must be an, did, you must I, be an engineer. Are you, do you have some kind of an engineer? No, background? I have, uh, I have a degree in network administration. Something with computers. I just like yeah. the take takes no bullshit. Doesn't want to work the front line with customers. It was, you know, I knew enough guys at Bell Canada. I was like, you know, I got that. Well, exactly. Um, and then the funny thing is, is once I got, once I went through this, my schooling and all that crap, and I've developed some web pages for some people, and um, and I work, you know, I run my own. I only run my network. I decided no, I don't like that. That's like work. Computers are supposed to be fun, and they were no longer fun. So it was like, okay, I got a job in a factory, and you know what? Factory work is awesome because really? you can you can be who you are, and you can gain respect um, being who you are. Like if you can speak up and not be one of those candy asses that that you know just kiss ass. Because that's one thing I've never done in my entire life. I've never kissed anybody's ass. And uh, I'm proud of that fact. And, like, I mean, I I was working uh, in a tape factory. And the... Um, like cassette tape? No, like uh, like filament tape. Uh, okay. 3M. I was working for 3M. And uh, as a temp. So I got no job security whatsoever. And if you run the roll off the drum it sounds like shotguns going off it's loud everybody in the plant hears Ooh. it they all stop they all clap and uh so i did that one day and the plant manager came down and he looked at me and said what happened i said ran out of tape 
And he just kind of looked at me, shook his head and walked away. And that's just my answer for it. Like it's, yep, you're my boss, but I'm going to be honest. I, I think that's a really unique skill to not be, you know, I'm, I'm hearing that. I'm hearing the, you know, no regrets in stand-up comedy, not wanting to be part of the clique. Like that takes a real ability to, to be sure of yourself and to, 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 like you say, not to not have any regrets. I think that's a real skill set there. And is that something you've just always had, or is that something you had to kind of cultivate? I think um, with my athletic background, I think that helps. Now you said you were really aggressive. You said you were really aggressive when you were playing. Really sports. aggressive. I was a pitcher of ball, and I wouldn't think twice about taking somebody's head off if I had to. All right, I was going to say, is that aggressive, like competitive, or aggressive, like yes. you're being an arsehole on the diamond? No, 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 I aggressive. Like you're not, aggressive. you're not sliding cleats up in a slow pitch game or something like that. Uh, no, but I have, I did spike a guy going into second base during a tryout for a junior team in fastball. All right, it's fastball. That's on the line over there. All right. Yeah, I do not like to lose at all. Um, I'm. Which is funny because now I coach kids. Yeah. And I'm totally opposite to what I was when I was playing. It's like, okay, we, the only thing we're having is fun. I don't give a shit. I will sit my best player at the most inopportune time. Um, you guys have fun. That's And that's all I care about now is with them. Well, it's different as a coach, right? I mean, I've flirted. My kids are only 18 months old, but I flirted the idea. If I oh, they're to... adorable too, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. But, you know, I'm thinking like if I want to coach T-ball or do whatever with them when they're a little bit older, but it's like, you know, when you're competitive as a kid, like doing all those sports, it's one thing to say, okay, you know, I, I really want to win. I've got ambitions of playing in university, whatever. When you're that guy who's like super competitive coaching your kid's hockey team, like, and we all know one, like, you know, trying to live their failed sports dreams through their kids. Like, yes. That, that yeah. guy is like a universal asshole. Oh God, you're telling me I was a goalie my whole life. And, uh, unbeknownst to me, my son never knew that I played, like never knew about my hockey at all. Really? Um, Cause I had my kids late. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had blown out my, uh, shoulder a couple of times and had to quit playing hockey. Um, and uh, he became a goaltender, not knowing that I was a goaltender. And I'm—he's totally opposite of me. He plays. He wants to have fun. He, you know, he—he's—he's he's that kid. You know, the music's playing in between the puck drops, and he's dancing in his crease and stuff. I've got a video of him doing that. What was that one with the Korean guy? The Gangnam Style. Yeah, yeah, he's doing the Gangnam Style with his goalie equipment. It's hilarious. But it's, that's my kid, and um, I'm so happy that he turned out that way to enjoy the sport because I don't think I enjoyed the sport. I just had to win the sport. Some people love winning. Other people hate losing. That's what I, I've heard before about athletes. And I've been that way. You know, <laughs> you don't win a silver. You lost the gold um, my entire life, and it's like – and I played competitive sports too, and – yeah, my competitiveness was really, really terrible. I'm glad I've changed because I know I was an asshole. Um, I absolutely know I was an asshole growing up. But, I mean, I was like, you know, I 
had the same attitude Michael Jordan had. You know, it's like it's got to be done. You got to work hard. You you never take a an, a minute off. You just you know that's the hardest part about team sports too is that um, you're not the only one that can affect your outcome, which kind of sucks. But that's why I like tennis. I just I literally just can't. Literally just came from playing tennis and threw this on so you didn't see my sweaty garb. So I, yeah. Uh... <laughs> my first job, I was a tennis instructor, actually. For my real? Very first, for real. My very first job was for the town of Smith Falls. And I worked the summer at the two tennis courts, giving lessons and keeping an eye on the courts. I never really cared for tennis. Like it was always like the sort of redheaded stepchild of the racket sports. Like I did a lot of squash and badminton growing up, but right now with COVID, like the OAC's already shut down in Ottawa. I don't know when's the next time I want to head over to the RA. That's where I learned to ten- that's where I learned to play. I never thought in my lifetime, like if you put the OAC and the RA side by side, and I mean I love the RA. I've been going there for over 20 years now it really is my home way from home but like you put that side by side with the oac that looks like a freaking country club and you tell me one of them's going out of business in 2020 no one's putting money on the oac no and everybody was always see i got lucky because my friend's parents had memberships so i could always get in for free yeah. so i got to play i got to you know i got involved in tennis and then i got involved in you know started learning racquetball um that's in a high school dying sport now racquetball yeah that's too bad because it's fun they have one court left at the ra and there was like three guys that would play twice a week and they got rid of the ones at the oac and i think that's the only one in the greater ottawa region there might be one or two out in the valley but it's like it's pretty much fallen off the map i mean squash is still kind of hanging around but racquetball's pretty much done for here in Canada. Isn't racquetball fast? I never played squash, but isn't it faster than squash? Basically, rack. yes and no. A lot of guys who blow out their knees playing squash will end up picking up racquetball. Racquetball's got a ball that bounces a lot like tennis. So what you end up doing yeah. is you're, you're anticipating where the ball is going to come to you on the court, and then you're going to try playing it. Whereas in squash, it's about the size of a golf ball, and it barely bounces yeah. off the ground. So you're charging at it the whole time. And you so have it, to hit it harder. It, it's a hell of a lot more running because you're constantly going after the ball, whereas racquetball, you're trying to figure out the walls, and the ball's coming to you. So I find, for me, badminton playing singles badminton is the hardest run you can get as a racket sport. Squash is pretty close up there. And then tennis and racquetball, as long as you're controlling the ball, you can you can get lazy out on the court, depending who you're playing with. I, my uh, 14-year-old wanted me to teach him how to play tennis, and that's my next thing. I, I said I wouldn't teach him until the fall because it's too friggin' hot in the summertime. To When I grew up, we played tennis all summer, but it also wasn't like this. I know yeah. climate change is really a fucking thing. There you um, go. And, uh, but no, he wants to play. I'm going to teach him. The thing is, is I got to teach him with my 16 year old because I can't, I can show him how I can coach him how, but I can't physically play it anymore. Cause I just can't run. Um, it was eight degrees tonight. So if you're going to play a game, I think this is the season right now. Oh, hell yeah. Like, I mean, you're, you're not very old. Like you're Thank 30s, you. right? It. I just turned 34 at the end of August. Yeah. Exactly. And I bet you I wish you a happy birthday too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I did. Um, 
But there were some, uh, the Rough Riders used to show up to the OAC all the time too. Um, way back when they were the Rough Riders. And it was cool that we would go to the OAC on weekends and those guys would be working out because they didn't have a workout place at the Lansdowne. Oh, yeah. So that was another reason why I loved the OAC. Like, I met Greg Marshall and, and uh, Bruce Walker and, and stuff. And it's just that's, really cool. That's funny because every time I talk to you, you have a pretty big disdain for the CFL. You're not a, you're not a CFL guy at all. I'm not anymore. Okay. I used to be growing up as a kid. Like, I mean, there, the CFL was awesome. Like it was, it was great. I still love the NFL. I've always liked the NFL more, but the CFL was just, it was, it was really good. And I think the CFL could be as, as good as they couldn't be as good as the NFL. Cause the players aren't as good. Um, I think they don't market it right. It's, would, there's no excitement. I, I would say two things. I th my own opinion is I think the rules to CFL football, if they were played like more broadly, like if the U.S. was playing three-down football on a bigger, wider field, the deeper end zone, I personally think it would be more interesting. I'd like to see more passes from the shotgun. I don't want to see them just do two inside handoffs just because they can and then try a passing play. I think three down football would be more fun if it was in the NFL, but I agree. There's a lot bigger range of players that compete for NFL roster spots. I wouldn't necessarily say they're across the board better. I mean, Warren Moon and Doug Flutie played in, played in Canada. Flutie, my very absolute. He's the reason why I'm a Patriots fan. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, he played, you know, he, he, he was one of the, the greatest of all time in the CFL, you know, more recently, I can think there was Deontay Spencer who wasn't even the best wide receiver on the Red Blacks two years ago. And he got a camp invite to the Steelers. They cut him in preseason. He signed with the Broncos. He ended up being a punt returner, and he made the Pro Bowl in his first season in the NFL. There you go. Like, so there's, some real, there, there's some real talent north of the border. There is. Um, <laughs> I watched Doug Flutie. Um, I was pissed off when he went to the USFL. I watched him at Boston College. Yeah. And I was really pissed off when he went to the USFL. I actually have a, a general, a New Jersey's general's jersey. I've actually got a jersey of everything um, Flutie's played for, except the Canadian Football League. The New Jersey generals, that was Donald Trump's team, wasn't it? Oh, God, was it really? I think it was. Oh, fuck. I don't know, <laughs> but it could be. Make football yeah, great I, again. Oh, God. <laughs> Keep him away from football. He'll fuck that up too. He is one arsehole. Sorry to. Well, isn't this, what isn't this this thing last year where he said they weren't hitting hard enough? There weren't enough like concussions in football or something like that. Like the guy is mentally unstable. Like, how do you deal with it? Because you're you're an academic. I I mean, you are. Um, you're a lawyer. Uh, you know what? How do, I, how do I put this? And I've had this discussion with other lawyers and, and friends of mine. Lawyers like to say that they're professional thinkers and writers. Tim Tebow is a professional baseball player. <laughs> no, he's not. I mean, he plays on a baseball team and they give him money. So, ergo, yes. he's a professional baseball player. Right. So right. you, see, you see the analogy I'm drawing. 
I, I think that there's a lot of lawyers that like to tell you that they're, they're academics, but really, I mean, most of what we do is sort of grist to the mill. You know, it's, it's dealing with people that want to, you know, take the piss out of you while you wear a wizard robe in court and start yelling at you and, you know, beating down your brow <laughs> day in and day out. There's really not a heck of a lot to it that's as intellectual as it might seem from the outside, but, well, you know, I we, we like to play the part. Well, I've been, like, I mean, I've used lawyers before. I've represented myself, too, which means, yes, I am dumb. Um, but uh, but it's the, that was my favorite course. I signed up for law. I wanted to go to Carleton. Um, funding fell through, and I just didn't end up doing law um, because I love the, I love the insides and out. Like, I love the, uh, I... I don't know. It's there's so much gray area that you can fight on that I like it. It's not always cut and dry, you know. And I love that part. Um, I got in trouble. I've been in trouble a couple of times. I got in trouble. I, I find that impossible to believe. I know. I know. I got in trouble and I fired my lawyer. But then I went to the district attorney or the crown, sorry, and had that and told them if I. If they, they told me if I could get the other guy to admit guilt, they would drop my charges. So I did. And I rep and the, the lawyer at the time, he was an old guy, and he says, well, you still got to pay me. It's like, no, dude, I fired you, and I did it myself. Like, why am I going to pay you? Um, the only other one was, yeah, I got charged with. Unfortunately, I was a bouncer once, and I let my hands do the talking and probably shouldn't have. Um, but... I mean, come on, different times. I remember, couple, right? Yeah, I had a couple of friends that worked as bouncers, and uh, you know, they told me that a lot of it is just theater. Like, you gotta remember that these guys are so pissed drunk that you just breathe on them the wrong way, and they're gonna tip over. Well, that's it. And the worst part was, I was a bouncer, Burger King for fuck's sake. <laughs> Whoa! Falls, they All hired right. me. Yeah, in Smith Falls, they hired me Friday and Saturday nights. Because managers were getting threatened, employees were getting threatened, and I just went in. They paid me to sit around and kick people out, and it was not are a you, bad gig. Are you, so so like people were people were getting rough on a Saturday night at the Burger King in Smith Falls. That was it, yeah. Because you know what, in Smith Falls, way back in the eighties, um, there was nothing else to do, nothing. So you had legions of kids uh, all through the parking lot and that's where they hung out. And, you know, you get people, too many people, and you, they're drinking and shit happens. But, but they're not drinking at the Burger King, are they? No, no, no. They'd be drinking outside and then come in and, you know, hassle people and stuff. And I would just toss them. Because we went, we went for my buddy's bachelor party back in December. He's a huge Dolphins fan. So we ended up seeing Fish Eagles. And we saw a Panthers game and a Miami Heat game. But before the Heat game, we went to the flagship Burger King in downtown Miami. And they've got a full liquor license. You can buy, you can buy two, two tall cans for five bucks and then get like a double whopper on the side. Like that was, that was an experience. Holy shit. I, I can work in a place like that. I really, really could. There you could use a bouncer because there were like legit, like, you know, homeless people coming out in there and asking you for a beer. And you're like, wow, I didn't really want the second one. Like, here you go, pal. Like, you know. Well, yeah. And, and 
that's another thing that I don't get. Um, people look at me and they they watch my videos, or they watch our, they listen to our podcast, or they watch my videos, and they go, "Man, that guy is an idiot and an asshole." And and um, the biggest thing I have is not to be an asshole. Um, that's my whole point of my my blogs. But um, I often give like homeless people drinks or food or you know like i was in when i was in vegas i um i had a we stayed (laughs) we stayed at a place and you got free denny's breakfast for the morning for the whole week we were there and it was like that's on fremont street i think i know the spot i think i know where you mean no no actually it was off the strip but i love fremont street it's my favorite place of all (laughs) and um but yeah and I had one left over, so I went up to the homeless guy because the coffee in in the states absolutely sucks balls. And uh, I was drinking McDonald. I went to McDonald's for coffee, and he was sitting there. So I gave him my last, you know, and it was like a free the big breakfast things and stuff. And it's like, really? It's like I don't want the fucking thing. You know, like you take it. What I love about Vegas is you start drinking at any time of the day. We, we went. We went there on our honeymoon. And uh, uh, we weren't there not 10 minutes and I had like unlimited, uh, well, not mimosas, what do you call that one, Bellinis over at the Wynn. And it's like, I was like 12 drinks in and it wasn't quite lunchtime. You know? <laughs> and it's the first time when you realize you can just take it in a to-go cup and then just start walking in the middle of the street. Oh, I know. It was like Tracy and I got married. Tracy's my second wife and we got married in Vegas. Oh, nice. And um, believe it or not, I set the whole fucking thing up too, by the way. I picked the, the, the people that married us and blah, blah, blah. I did it all, our flights. But um, we got married there. People think it's funny because, you know, like, did you get married by all this? Blah, blah. No, I actually got married in front of the uh, fountains at, at, uh, at the Bellagio. At the Bellagio as they're Very going nice. off. Very nice. Yeah, so, and then you've got like 20 or 40 strangers congratulating you, which is really cool. But we spent the whole day at the MGM in their, in their pool, which has a lazy river, drinking beer and just having a, you know, like, and then the next morning, uh, or no, we went to what, I forget what the fancy chef's name, Puck? Yeah, Wolfgang Puck, yeah. Right. We went to his restaurant at like one in the morning for steaks. But the next morning I walked up to like the, what are their big, uh, their big um, pharmacies? Uh, Walgreens. Like Walgreens. Yeah. And I walked to a Walgreens and, and uh, cause I needed, I needed Tylenol and I walked to the Walgreens and they sell fucking beer. Of course so they do. So at eight o'clock in the morning, I'm strolling freaking Las Vegas Boulevard with a beer in my hand and a, a you know pocket full of Tylenol. It's awesome. It is the greatest place on earth. When football players say we're going to Disney World, screw that. They should go to Vegas. I'm amazed. I'm amazed that the Vegas Golden Knights have been doing as well as they can because you think a bunch of 20-something hockey players living right off the strip is just a recipe for disaster. It is. Like, I'm not, I didn't even I, – I don't follow hockey. And um, I watch my kids – my kids' hockey is basically all I, I watch. Right. Uh, but, yeah, with the Vegas – like, how can you put a team of anything there? 
Like, I, I think the, the 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 Vegas Raiders, like they're not. I don't know even know if their stadium is ready yet. Like, yeah, it is. Okay. they're all ready to go. They're I, one of what? There is a couple of brand new ones. Did you see the one at the, the new Coliseum yesterday? No, the the, holy, the new LA Stadium. Holy shit! Glass ceilings. Wow. It's and it's marble everywhere, and it's be- just beautiful. The San Diego and the LA are playing there. They're both shared. Well, they're it's LA and LA now, I guess. But they're yeah, I guess they couldn't. Uh, yeah, they had to get uh, a twofer on something like that. That's a crystal cathedral. Oh man, it's beautiful. It was like five billion dollars to make it. I was listening to a podcast about all the testing that they have to do so that the NFL players don't get COVID this year. And it's like daily COVID testing for the whole 53-man roster and all the coaching staff and everybody. And then, you know, they were saying, like, with all the resources that are going into making sure these guys can play NFL football, like, you know, you could test every school teacher in, like, the Northeast U.S., and, you know, really be able to protect these kids going back to school. But all of these tests and all of these supplies are going so these guys can play football. And, I mean, I love watching football. I'll watch a football game. But, you know, it kind of makes you feel like we've got our priorities fucked right now. Me, personally, I know my priorities are fucked. Um, to me, the greatest thing in life is the NFL. Um, <laughs> yesterday was my – well, Thursday night, actually, because I watched the Chiefs game. But um, for some, it's the one thing that I have in my life that, um, I don't know, it, it's just something that I have to see. It's something I just, I don't ask for much in life. In fact, I ask for absolutely nothing except for subscribers and viewers on my blog or on my videos. But um, yeah, I don't ask for anything. And that's the only, like, that's one of my pure joys in life is watching football. I was having this dilemma when I was talking to my other friends that have podcasts and I was like, you know, do you get hung up on how many viewers do you have or how many subscribers you have? And it isn't that going to be a total mind fuck the longer that you do it when you're, you're, you're watching that needle and trying to see if it goes up or down and like checking the views on each video is like that, you know, at a certain point, I'm like, you can't even look at that stuff because it's just going to drive you crazy. It does. It drives me fucking mental. Um, I know you watch my videos and, uh, I skipped a Friday there and did a one on Monday and I didn't mention it on my Monday before. And that fucking hurt, actually hurt me. Um, one video went with 98 views and then the next one was like 15. So like, I mean, when they say consistency, consistency, like that's, um, you get your regular listeners who watch and which is funny because you know how I promote my, my stuff. Um, I have viewers well before I've even like posted on Facebook. It's like the subscribers, I guess they get their little ding or whatever. And, and, uh, they watch them. And like, I mean, that just, to me, that boggles my mind that somebody wants to watch a guy who's half in the bag most of the time. <laughs> yell and scream at the uh yell and scream at a screen or at a at my phone and um i mean today's was different but today's was more uh it was a more from the heart thing like i i felt 
for my I don't know if you've watched it yet or not. I, I watched it just before you signed in, yeah, but the children kind of yeah, toughing it out. And um that's like that to me I needed to sit down, I needed to be calm because I thought it was more important than some of the other bullshit that I I talk about. Um because you know what kids were and are like they're the superheroes of this whole fucking thing. I know you got you got your eighteen month olds who aren't you know they, they don't they don't know what's going on. They no, they're they're, not, they're having a blast. They're just playing with each other. They got toys. It's like But they you got know. daddy home. Yeah. Yeah, but that's awesome because at some point daddy's gonna have to go to oh wait, you you got your you do your law from your home, don't you? So when we first bought the house, I started working out of the home office and it was great. And when the kids were born, I went like I have an office where I go and I meet clients and I get all my mail sent and my files and stuff like that. And then when the kids were born, it was like one or both of them were crying every 45 minutes. There wasn't any way <laughs> I was getting anything done in a home office. You, you sound super unprofessional if you're making work calls and like there's kids screaming in the background. Well, before pre-COVID, I mean, that was just like, you know, I remember talking to these lawyers they're like, well, are you working out of your bedroom? Yeah, that's real classy. But now, I mean, that's that's the new normal. And it's like we're doing mind work. You're doing mental work. You know, why can't you do it at home? The days, the days of people friggin' belching gas in their cars to drive two hours to go to this building so that the boss can sit in a conference room with you while you all eat donuts and look at a PowerPoint. I mean, that <laughs> those days are over. Those days, like, I hope that nothing else changes because of COVID. We can finally get over this obsession with all like being in the same building and staring at the white of our eyes. I loved um, the thing about COVID. I loved was my wife came home. By the and, way, I don't, I don't, I don't know that we should ever say the thing that I loved about COVID. I'm, I'm worried that that's going to get cropped somewhere along the uh, way. Oh yeah, it's okay. Um, but the one thing was, is my wife came home and started working from home. Um, yeah. She did because of my health. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I'm a huge risk, right? Um, but yeah, she worked here, and it was nice because the only thing I have at home through the day through the week is my dog and it's kind of nice to actually say something to some someone and they actually you know talk back my yeah. dog doesn't say much <laughs> you know he protects me against squirrels or bags or UPS guys but other not, than not, that. now I think I have a general idea because you you know you're really candid about talking about living life with no regrets but are you scared about everything that's going around now with COVID? Like I've basically been living like a hermit since March. Um, I actually have done the exact same thing as the first time since I was diagnosed with heart failure. I'm in stage four, uh, which is the end of them. So like, I mean, my life could end anytime, um, but let's not bring this down. Um, it's positive thing because I am really outgoing, right? Or I'm, you know, I'm out there. And I'm not afraid to fuck up or whatever. Um, excuse me. Sorry about that. Too many beer. That's all right. Um, but you're right. It's with the COVID thing. I, it's the first time since my diagnosis that I've been a, kind of afraid. Like not 100% afraid, but I've stayed home. Like <sighs> the white, like, I mean, we go shopping. Um, one week I do the groceries. One week my wife does the groceries. And her week during the groceries, I sit in the car. I'm there for company. I wait in the car. 
let her do her thing. Um, I try to avoid the public as much as I possibly can. It's... I would think I would think that's super easy out in Merrickville, but then I was telling you, I went out driving there on Saturday, and it's busier than like the busiest part of Rideau Street. Like people, I know were... it was it was nuts because I went out later on after we had talked, and yeah, it was fucking busy. But it's a tourist trap, right? Um, but no, I sit at, yeah, I stay at home. I don't, I've got cornfields behind me, cows mooing. I hear the coyotes at night and it's beautiful. To me, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and safe. Um, yeah, I don't like to be out and I get it. You got little kids too. Like, I mean, you, you don't want it either. Cause like, I mean, your little guys are, they're, you know, no one, no one really, they, they say, well, kids don't die from it. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great. Well, I'm not giving it a fucking chance. Well, that's exactly it. That, that They do not know the long-term prognosis. And they're talking now about people that are going to have like long-term vascular problems and heart problems and that, you know, we're going to have the biggest generation of asthmatics because of this. I'm like, I don't want to put them behind the eight ball. You know, I don't know. No, you does. don't. Like, I mean, holy crap, like, that's the thing. And uh, and I totally get it. I'm with you, man. I hide my fucking basement as much as I can. Like, well, not my basement, but, you know, I hide in my yard because my dog's safe. Um, I don't know who else is. Um, I constantly wear a mask, but, I mean, I know the mask doesn't protect me from anybody else. It protects people from me. Um but yeah, I just and you know when people and get people too weren't close. wearing the masks when we were out in Merrickville either. I don't know if they were just because they I, thought they were outside or 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 you know there's just these anti-mask people that are going around that are those idiots about their that freedom. are gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I noticed because uh, I kept an, an eye on it because you had warned me about it, and I, when I drove through town, I looked at it and it's like, holy fuck, like idiots. They're not allowed in the stores though. So, but I mean, still, you're walking within a foot of somebody. I, I don't get it, man. I really, really don't get it. I, you're doing the smart thing. As far as I'm concerned, you and I are being freaking geniuses by not wanting out and about. Absolutely. I got offered, I got offered tickets to Yucks after, <laughs> after I had my, you know, they, after they canceled me, uh, Ottawa Comedy canceled me, Dan, uh, he gave me, he offered me tickets to the Ox, but it's like, thank you, but I'm too afraid to go. That's a real nice gesture of him. I know, I don't want to, I, I don't care about naming names, but there's, there's a couple of guys I know where they got canceled from that group. And then it seemed like Yucks kind of took them into the fold and said, you know what, it's all right. Like, you know, we, we got you back. I'm thinking like, you know, there was, uh, I don't know. Jamie, I know, yeah, I know, I know who you're talking about. Like, because... I, I, I always liked Jamie Villeneuve. I thought he was a cool guy. I thought uh, some of his jokes are funny. He, he, he is funny. He's got a lot of energy, but you know, for whatever reason, I guess, I mean, I know some of the reasons, but like, you know, people were getting rubbed the wrong way, and like you said, you know, it ends up being a clicky group where if you piss off enough people in in sort of a circle, then you know. Yeah, um, I'm not. I I'm hoping I can still perform at Absolute Kingston. I don't know if I can or not, but I mean, if I can't, that's fine. 
I do. A, I, don't, I, I don't, don't think the clubs advertise through 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 Facebook groups. I think it's really just. Yeah, the I don't know if they rooms. use it before because I've done a pile. Like I've done more shows at I think Kingston than almost anywhere else that I've done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and I remember. So like, this is kind of cool because there was like the thing in two thousand and was it seventeen or eighteen with the whole Jamie thing where they split off and then you got two fucking different comedy groups yeah. <laughs> or three, sorry. And now, and then I, you know, this thing with me and it goes, you know, and I end up in a different one, but I, I mean, it's going back, going back to everything that kind of led up to it. Do you, do you think there was anything that you could have done differently or you should have done differently and um, how you handled it and how you made the video and how you presented it, any of that? I stand by my video 120% um, because the problem is, is the people that canceled me um, had decided that I was for police brutality. When, so just for the record, you are, you are against police brutality. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. And I was trying to say, you know, like the last thing a cop should do is grab their gun. They've got tasers. They've got billy club or uh, batons. They've got pepper spray. You know, they've got backup. There's never a reason to pull your gun first unless they pulled the gun. Even if somebody pulls a knife on you, you don't pull your gun. Because that's, you know, that's that stupid joke. Don't bring a fucking knife to a gunfight. Um, that was from The Untouchables, wasn't it? I think that was yeah, Sean Connery. Yeah, it was. It's Sean Connery. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it's, and that's what it was, was they were saying that I was preaching for the cops to, you know, abuse civilians. And it's like, no, shut your fucking mouth, shut up, do what the cop says, and there's less chance of you getting hurt. I'm not saying there's not a hundred percent chance of you getting, not getting hurt, but it does exponentially drops the number. And I disagree with the cops using their guns in canada cops have to write reports every time it comes out of their holster so they're less likely to, you know to pull their gun because the last thing a cop wants to do is do paperwork in the states they need the same so i mean i i look at it a couple of different ways i mean i did watch the video i i, I get the nuance there i think I mean, during sort of the what's going on right now in the states with with George Floyd and with uh, Tamir Rice and what went on in Kenosha, it just feels like it's such a charged topic that even if you have a nuanced point to make, you're you know, there's a fire and you're you're juggling a barrel of gasoline. You know what I mean? There's there there's just even even if even if you're completely on point, whenever you're getting into any of these discussions of police brutality, I mean, you're going to set people off. And, and I think that's, that's sort of unavoidable of the topic. I almost compare it to like open micers that try to do rape jokes. I mean, I think it is theoretically possible to do one that's sort of clever and really well thought out and really well crafted, but there is so much of a risk of it completely falling apart that you're almost like, you know, why, why would you even go head on into that topic? There's just so many things that could go wrong whenever you get into something that's just so charged like that. 
I went head on into it because a I'm not brilliant sometimes. <laughs> no, um, I went head on into it because I was sick and tired of the snowflakes and everybody else. If the police don't stop people, okay, you get mugged. You, Antonio, you get mugged, right? Yeah, sure. Um, okay. You, you want a cop to find the person, right? I mean, you want him to handcuff him. I mean, yeah, I suppose. I mean, if he gives you a whack upside the head, you want the cop to handcuff him and take yeah. him down. Yeah, right? it'd be nice. It'd be nice. Yeah. Okay. So that what a lot of the people are saying is is that no, no, don't you know, like fight back against the police. Well, if you fight back against the police, you're a going. You're stupid. Um, because when you fight back or you're rude to them, uh, they're going to, they're going to get up on edge because of course, who they are, you just had two cops murdered or well, no, not murdered. They're not dead yet, but shot the other day. And the thing about it is, is that if, if the cops just say, oh no, let them go. Oh no, let them go. So everybody's going to break the law then because what's the point? It's complete anarchy. It makes no sense to me. People are saying defund the police, but they're not getting what defund the police means. Like defund the police means um, take some take some of their money, get social workers to help, blah, blah. Like that's what you want. You don't want less cops. You just want more social workers or more training or more. Um, yeah, like I think I, I think I started by saying I didn't want to talk about, you know, get into the the, the weeds of, of, of such a contentious topic. But now if I now if I get now if I can double back on what I was saying for a second, like what I'm I, I think the issue is that there's a lot of situations where our default is to call the cops to deal with situations where they're probably not the best suited to deal with it. And, you know, you have all these stories about, you know, cops going to do a wellness check on somebody that might be, have psych, you know, have, having psychological issues, having, you know, uh, some kind of a manic episode or something like that. And concerned relatives want a wellness check and there's police that are coming. These are, you know, guys with guns that are used to dealing with, uh, you know, violent offenders and, it's not necessarily the most appropriate one to, to, to deal with a situation like that. And then, you know, thinking about, I don't, I don't know what the breakdown is of police activity here in Ottawa, but I mean, I went to U of O, you know, there's always a police presence on Rideau street, especially yep. around the Laker store, especially around the beer store, especially under the Rideau center. And a lot of these guys, I mean, you know, if you're just strung out on crack, do you do you really need an armed police officer to to deal with you in that situation, or is that something where, um, you know, to use the example, you know, a social worker could maybe divert them from having to go into an overcrowded jail, maybe get them into some kind of a social program, maybe detox them, and then you avoid the possibility of even having. Um, you know, some kind of a shooting situation, some kind of a violent standoff, because you've kind of removed them from the equation. You just answered the question the exact same way I feel. Yeah. I believe that there should be a social worker on every shift for the police. 
every single shift should have at least one. And in those wellness check times or you're, you know, you're going down and you're in the market and shit is happening, you should be walking around with the, and I absolutely agree with that because the police are there to bang heads if they have to. They try not to. Um, honestly, I, I've been arrested twice um, and neither time has been a fault. Okay, I'm white. Um, but in a small town, there aren't a lot of, of people of color. So um, the, I, was, I lived on the wrong side of the tracks, and, but still they never, they weren't aggressive because I was smart, you know, smart enough to be yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir. Um, it's the same, the, anytime I've been pulled over, I've never once screamed at a cop for pulling me over um because why i guess the counter argument to that would be the people that are saying that there's these situations like i think brianna taylor was the one where <coughs> in the states where they thought she might be uh trafficking drugs for her ex-boyfriend and on that basis they got a no-knock warrant and they kicked down her front door and started coming in with guns blazing and her and boyfriend the, started firing yeah yeah and I mean, you know, the, if it was a white family in that situation, I guess the argument would be, you know, right away people would say you have a right to defend yourself. You're not going to wait to see who that guy is who's pointing a gun at you if he's a policeman or a burglar. I'm betting you 10 to 1 in that situation that whether you're a white family or a black family, as soon as the cops hear bullets whizzing by, you're getting shot. I don't care who you are. Um, you're just getting shot and it sucks. But no knock warrants are another they're really contentious uh argument in the u.s but sometimes isn't it best to get people in their sleep i mean you know i i guess from a tactical standpoint it's probably the easiest way to get them but there's a whole bunch of reasons why that is probably inappropriate in the same way that people are freaking out about on our unmarked police cars pulling protesters off the street these all days. those fuckers yeah it's, it's very effective it's extremely it's, effective. It's effective i'm against uh excuse me oh shit i'm showing my uh, you, i was saying your skyline is collapsing there yeah no um i am very much against unmarked cop cars of all kinds i don't think it's fair um because like we we saw an unmarked F one fifty cop pulled somebody over like wow. that's fucking rude. Um, it's that's not fair. Like I mean, at least <laughs> you're, you're um, supposed to not be speeding all the time, though. So yeah, I know. Be, no, and I'm, I am just, a really, yeah. I'm in a pretty aggressive driver. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just that's rude. That is absolutely rude to uh, to we 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 live in a forty zone right along where we are in the pn and we got a bunch of urban cowboys with their big shiny f one fifties and Toyota Tacomas that like to do eighty ninety kilometers an hour just whizzing past my kids in their stroller and I get pissed off about it to no end and I was saying to my wife what if I just bought myself a radar gun and just 
you know, take snapshot after snapshot after snapshot of these guys going, you know, 40 over the speed limit. And just ask, ask City Hall, just like, give me a cut. Give me 15, 20% of whatever you, whatever the rake is. I'll just sit there, <laughs> sit there with a fucking lawn chair and just rat out all of my neighbors. I would. I, Who I, wouldn't? Who wouldn't? I, I think we should totally turn this into a nanny state. Dude, I, uh, I live in the country and we've got an 80 side. Our side road is an 80. No one's doing I, 80. No one's doing 80 on that. Oh, hell they are. We got these kids with those fucking loud Honda Civics and, and the bullshit living a few doors down from me. And they come racing by. They put in one of those portable speed signs, you know? Yeah. And it worked for a while. Now they've taken it away. And, dude, I want to put a fucking spike strip and throw it across. Like, he, he can hit a ditch. The problem with doing that would probably He'd probably be, kill somebody, yeah. Yeah, and that's, that isn't what I want to do. I just want to slow the bastard down. Like, I was, um, my son and I were changing the tires on our car, and uh, one went flying by, so I screamed at him, and he heard me, because the next time he drove by, he, he mad-dogged me. As he was driving by, and it's like, kid, don't even bother. I'm telling, I'm, I'm telling you, if we had volunteerism and we allowed, you know, members of the public to like snitch on people with a radar gun, you know, all of a sudden you don't know which one of your neighbors is is tattling on you. You don't know if he's hiding it in a bush. You don't know if he's waiting for you at a crosswalk. All of a sudden, you, you just have to have that paranoia seep in where you don't know if it's okay to start speeding. Well, somebody might be looking to make a quick buck on you. And that might slow people down. You know what? When I got charged for assault, it was this, one of the best things that ever happened to me. I know it sounds stupid. This was but, at the Burger King at the Smith's Falls? Yeah, yeah. Um, I got charged for assault, and I only I wish I had to punch the guy more than once, but that's besides the point. Um, but I have it your way. Yeah, he got it his way, all right. Um, but um, the thing is, is that I learned a lesson. Now I keep my hands in my pocket. If I'm up to that point where I'm going to ready to throw a punch at somebody, I'll put my hands in my pocket because it's fucking a lot of money for nothing. Like to do, you don't feel that great afterwards. Um, so yeah. And what if these guys get ratted out by their, by their neighbors, maybe that'll, will slow them down because it's smartening them up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people can, I still think, uh, people can learn from their, you know, stupidity, but yeah, holy shit. I, I don't know how many times I wanted to, you know, pull out my son's, uh, airsoft gun and sort of put one through their windshield or, or whatever, but I could so do what you're saying. I could sit in my front lawn with a with a cooler of beer sitting beside me with the lawn chair and just with a radar gun, and I could just do that all day long. Wouldn't he bug me? I have a great day. Like, so, so we're we're just at about the one hour mark. I don't want this to. I I know at a certain point one of my kids is going to wake up and it's going to completely derail things. So I'm just being mindful of the time. One thing that I really I wanted to ask you, uh, what what was the origin of Dwayne's World? What was the impetus to start doing these videos online? How did you get the idea? How did you start making it? 
Uh, Dwayne's World started out because I was tired. I was tired of you go online and everybody is so politically correct. Um, they won't tell you tell it like it is. Now, um, uh, I I'm going to infer you're Greek, right? Italian. Italian. I knew it was one of them. I couldn't remember which one. The more so the Greeks are the ones with the more consonants, right? And the Italians are the ones with more vowels. I mean, if we're going Wheel of Fortune rules, I think that's a pretty good, safe one. Yeah, yeah. okay. So yeah. I, you, it was one of them. Um, but it's the same thing. Like, your parents told it to you straight. They didn't sugarcoat it. They just told you, right? Um, so I'm only half Italian, and I really grew up around my mom's family. And my mom was born in Hungary. And the whole East European living under communist regime, it's like – you keep everything real close to your chest and you don't say more than you need to. And you just keep your mouth shut and you just kind of, Oh really? Absolutely. Get myself shot over there. Get a fucking poker face. And it's like, you know, you hear all these stories about the secret police taking people away in the middle of the night. You ask my, I asked my grandpa about it and he's like, you know, what's the shit has to complaining about? Keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Nobody is bother you. Okay, so, okay, maybe not the same, but um, political correctness really fucks with me um, because everybody's afraid to say it. They're just afraid to tell you bluntly in in normal English. I I don't know if you've noticed this, but a lot of people speak in language that not everybody can understand. Sometimes... I find it myself. I have to look up a word because I somebody called me something or other, and I have to look up a word because I don't know what the fuck it means. Yeah, I, I do it on purpose and for a living. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, exactly. Like you, it, you got legal speak, um, but but so I started Dwayne's World because I just got tired of the bullshit news news stories. Like I mean, add a little flair to it. You know what? Yeah, these people are flooding out and stuff well fucking tell them the like it is get the fuck out of there and there's too many stupid people in the world where you have to be upfront. i'm a bit of a redneck as you can tell um and like right down to the pickup truck but i need that because i do live in the country but but you got it i'm so about being upfront with somebody and being honest about it. Um, my biggest thing, like, again, um, my closing tagline is don't be a fucking asshole. Why can't we? Why can't we not be an asshole? Why do we have people who, like, every everything I've taken on um, or I've went and vo- made vocal about math, anti-maskers, or, uh, I don't know, some of my earlier ones, I had one where, you know, I friggin' let my son shoot me to prove the whole stop or you'll get shot bullshit. And by the way, getting shot by an airsoft gun fucking hurts. Um, and, uh, but you gotta put it in black and white. We're dealing with people who don't understand the, the, all this language that people are using. They're using so much uh what is what do they call that in 1984 the that double speak. speak 
double speak. They are. They're using so much double speak that people get confused. And and I like to think that I am here telling people the way it is. Like, I mean, I'm I'm going through the bullshit and just saying, hey, this is fucked, and this is why it's fucked. Um, people, some people like it. Some people say I shouldn't swear as much, but I mean. I get passionate about some of the shit I talk about and, and, but that's where Dwayne's world came from. I just got tired of the typical political correct bullshit that's out there and people being afraid to speak up. Um, you yourself, I know for a fact, well, maybe not for a fact, but I do know that you being a comic in the Ottawa comedy community, there are things that you don't want to say because you don't want to ruffle feathers, which is fine. I've never been one not to ruffle the feathers. And to me, being honest uh, to someone and straightforward and shooting from the hip is far better than candy coat and all your bullshit and, you know, shoving them fluff. There's, that's why Dwayne's world's there. It's uh, I'm just tired of the bullshit, and I want to just help people see through it. I hear you. I hear you. I like, mean, the the older I get, I mean, I go through it. You know, I've been examining a lot of compassion, compassion exercises, and it's the idea that I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to. Uh, change what it is that I think or how I feel or how I'm going to phrase it. But what I am going to do is try and understand why it is the other person feels the way that they do, even if I think it's completely ass backwards and fucked. I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, it, it totally does. Um, seeing the other people's thing, but give me a reason to maybe rethink my philosophies. Um, there's too many people out there that, um, Let's use the whole bully uh, at th- attitude is that if you call somebody on their bullshit nowadays, you get bullied, you get the shit bullied out of you because you disagree with this group. Um, so if I disagree with somebody, I am now a racist or I am now, uh, you know, homophobic or I am now, you. it's never been like that before in this age day and age is uh it's just wrong you gotta speak up for this shit because all like we're all leading to fascism or something because like i mean you don't want us all thinking the same way and you know what take it if somebody thinks against your way of living then you know what listen i just i don't think i'm being um the one thing i try to make sure is that I don't uh, come across as like racist or whatever, because I'm not, because I think, I think everybody's an asshole and, and like, you're just gonna prove, I don't give a fuck what color you are or what nationality you are, if you're gay, if you're, what, I don't give a shit about that. If you're an asshole, you're an asshole. I don't, you can't sugarcoat it with saying, no, I'm, I'm, black or I'm gay or I'm you 
you got to call them on their bullshit. And that's what Dwayne's world's all about is calling their bullshit. Um, I've had a lot of fun. I, I, for the longest time, I didn't want to do Trump shit. So what made you change? Um, to the point where I can't fucking stand it. Like, I mean, he broke, uh, oh man, what's that comic's name? The clean one. Uh, Oh shit! I'm having a brain fart. You know, hot pockets. Oh, uh, Jim Gaffigan. Yes, he broke Jim Gaffigan. I didn't like, even hear about that. What did he, What did he do? Jim Gaffigan went on Twitter and lost his fucking mind, and was cussing at people and cussing at Trump. And that's not Jim Gaffigan. That president broke. A clean comic, like who's never. I mean, it's 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 interesting times that we're living in for sure, and I think the fact that everyone's stuck at home in COVID right now, it's uh, it's just leading to sort of a powder keg, where you know maybe maybe I could have gone you know out for drinks with friends or gone and played sports or done something to kind of blow off my steam but now people are just on a constant feed of news cycles and facebook and twitter and i mean twitter is especially vile but i mean oh god media. i'm on there every day and i why I, why i love twitter but um i what what do you love about it i i genuinely care. i hate i hate trump i really really hate trump and I hate trolls too, but I troll Trump every single day. Every single tweet he puts out, I make some sort of snarky comment, and I know he'll never read it or whatever. So you, but so you, so you hate tro- you hate trolls, but you troll every single day. Yeah, Trump. Yeah, I, want, I don't. I don't want to get. Into, I don't want to be Sigmund Freud over here, but you know, you gotta you gotta practice self love there, Dwayne. You can't become the thing that. No, you there hate. are things about Twitter that I like because there are a lot of different people in there. Um, I'm a little, I, I, uh, I'm really sensitive, um, which is hard to believe, I know, but, and I have cried through movies, but, so I am a little sensitive, but, um, I don't know, I just, some people on Twitter are nice, some things are funny, it's just a, a gateway, because I'm kind of tired of Facebook. Yeah. And I'm not big on Instagram. I, I've moved on to Reddit. I like just being and I've an got, anonymous troll on the internet and just finding shit without anyone knowing who I am. Yeah, yeah, I do that. Well, mind you, I fuck up because every, every, uh, every, what do you call them? Like account. Twitter and Instagram and handle account. Yeah, everything has Dwayne's world in it because I'm trying to build my brand, right? Um, to what end? I mean, neither one of us is ever going to be like making Joe Rogan money, but I'm just wondering. No, we're never perfect. Gonna... Perfect world. What? What's? What's? What's the end goal for for Dwayne's world for you? Uh, I don't know. Five hundred subs, a thousand views a video. You got a thousand views on one video. It was something about those parking spots going in Smith Falls? Yeah, yeah, I got a thousand views for that. You um, struck a nerve. What? What? I, I remind me what that was because I went and sorted your videos by popularity, and I saw that one there. Um, in Smith Falls, which is one of the only 
Um, actually, Smith Falls, little history lesson for you, has some of the widest main streets in the war in like in North America. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so they still have angle parking. Mm -hmm. Like, which means you got huge streets if you can have cars angled on both sides of the street and still drive them. Yep. Um, they're Brain, the brain trust that run the town council have decided to put parallel parking in and eliminate the angle parking, um, which to me is stupid because there's about a hundred and I'd say 130 to 160 angle parkings. Now, you know, as well as I do, that it, you could fit, fit probably three angle parkings to one parallel park. Sure. Okay. Three okay. front ends of cars as yeah. opposed to one full car. Um, right. And so that's the whole thing in Smith Falls is that they want to switch it to fucking parallel parking and have like four lanes. And it's like, you're going to slow traffic down like, like crazy. It's a main drag. It's a main artery from Highway 15 and 29. Um, so it's a main artery it's, and it's on a hill uh how much do you like to parallel park i mean i had to learn how to do it when i got my driver's license i pretty much avoid it since unless it's just like an empty sidewalk and i can kind of slide in there bingo bingo exact you're exactly like everybody else but the town decided because of uh tweed or sorry canopy growth the weed place yeah um that they wanted bike lanes. And honestly, I've lived my entire life in Smith Falls and I've never seen people chugging their fat asses up and down that fucking hill on bicycles because well, it is. Should it's, start. it's steep. It's a really steep hill. And uh, so now they figure they want, um, I think they're thinking that canopy growth would end up like Google. Yeah. Um, where, you know, people would start using bicycles and scooters and all that other bullshit. Well, Tweed's got to be bigger than Hershey's at this point. Like, that's got to be, like, the big anchor. Well, yeah, they bought most of the property that Hershey's had. But they, um, so they wanted sidewalks, they wanted bike lanes, and then they decided parallel parking. And it's like, are you fucking stupid? It just, you've taken away half the parking. And... I, like I said, people don't, I've never seen that many bicyclists. You would think that if you're going to put a bicycle lane in, you'd have hundreds of bicyclists or, or twenties of bicycle bicyclists. You know? I, know, I know from urban planning studies and I don't know much about this topic, but I know people that are urban planners and they've told me that whenever municipalities talk about widening roads, or adding lanes it's invariable that they will never solve traffic problems in the long term because if you keep widening the road more and more people will use it and inevitably it's going to be just as clogged as it was before it's this weird kind of system where it might be that in the short term if you narrow those roads of parallel parking i don't know this for a fact i'm just some guy talking out of my ass in my basement on a monday night but if, if the inverse is true, I imagine at a certain point, you're going to start narrowing those roads to make room for these bike lanes and these parallel parking spots. People are going to pick different routes. There might be sort of side roads out there. Eventually, it would probably just taper off. 
And what's going to happen to you who own a house with children on a side street as people are no longer using the main drag? All of a sudden, you're going to have a hell of a lot more traffic than you did the week before. Exactly. And that's what my whole video was about. And, uh, okay, maybe I maybe I cheated a little and called it Old Time Road, but I did not once fake that it had anything to do with that song. <laughs> but, I mean, clearly you struck a nerve, I guess, in Smith's Falls. This was like a hot I button. I did. Oh, my God. I had people coming up to me. I would be in the rink, and I would have people coming up to me going, oh, my God, I loved your video. You, you said it like it was you you know our mayor is a fucking asshole and you just called him on it and uh so yeah i did have a lot of people like coming up to me saying i loved your video and are there other things like that in smith's falls like it seems to me like you found your niche right there like i don't know how many people you know if you and i are talking about police brutality or trump or covid you know people are already tuning into CNN or CBC or the BBC, but it sounds to me like you found your niche kind of going local over there. That's, that's the, that's the way to go. I can go local, but there's not much going on in Smith Falls. It's a town of 9,000 people. <laughs> and now I live technically, I, now I live in Merrickville, which is what a thousand people. Yeah. Turncoat. Oh my goodness. I know, I know, but I mean, I my kids still go to school, high school in Smith Falls. That's St. They, John's, right? No, no, I don't have any Catholic kids. Oh, sorry. <laughs> St. John's is uh, Perth, actually. Is it Perth? Okay. Yeah, it's Perth. Uh, no, they go to SFDCI. Go Red Hawks! Um, I didn't mean I didn't mean to slander you there, Dwayne. No, no, no. It, I just one of, one of my one of my friends from law school is a go, close friend of mine. She went to St. John's, and they were right on the border between Merrickville and Smith's Falls. And she told me her her dad was from the states originally, and the highlight of their trip out of town was going to Starbucks because there was no Starbucks in Smith's Falls, and always said, "You don't see anybody with truckers hats in here." <laughs> you know what? I absolutely fucking hate Starbucks. Uh, <laughs> and now they have a Starbucks in Smith Falls. Oh, there you go. They they're moving on up. Oh fuck, they're so getting so good. Uh, they got their new Kentucky Fried Chicken coming out. Uh, too bad they didn't add a Taco Bell to it. But I mean, hey. Now, now is the KFC gonna have a bouncer? That's the real question. I should actually apply. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's a fifty-two-year-old heart? heart attack or heart failure victim go fucking do like i mean scold you with my stick um no it's it's good smith falls is i still i go there not as often as i could but i i i got a lot i didn't like a lot of people like in high school you know like i'm one of those people that go I'm not going to fucking my reunion because I didn't like you during high school. Like, sure. What do I? What do I? What do, what do I want to talk to you now for? Exactly. You know, and it's yeah. So I try. I avoid Smith Falls a lot, but I still, you know, it's my hometown. Yeah. I still gotta. You gotta rep your. You gotta rep your old neighborhood. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, with that we should actually. You and I should do beer one of these days in your neighborhood. 
Well, there you uh, go. Yo, you, you got you got chop like right around the corner from you. This is true. This is true. Don't don't out don't out me on the interwebs, but uh, oh sorry, I, shit. I, not, yeah. Don't worry, don't worry. You know what? You know what? We could do. You know, we'll hang out in my neck of the woods. I'm, I haven't gone to any bars or restaurants since this whole COVID thing started. I mostly just drink in my backyard. And what I do make... you drink? What does a lawyer drink? Well, so I happen to be partial. See, my daddy drank Coors Light, so that's what I had growing up. I got, I got into 50. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of 50, but I got all these law school friends that drink microbrews and want to get into the fancy craft beers. Uh, Broadhead used to be uh, in, in and around the neighborhood. So I used to drink a lot of Broadhead. And I love that. their blueberry. Yeah, that Kate, Kate was a big fan of that. So I used to get that, but they moved out to Orleans. So I'm not driving all the way out for that. I'm I'm a big fan of the Nita Brewery. I've been getting a lot of their stuff lately. They're out on Colonnade Road. That's a nice oh, yeah? microbrew beyond the pale. Although since COVID started, I've been making my own. I just b- finished bottling an IPA about two days ago. So probably around October or so, whenever I start releasing these on the web, it should be good and drinkable. Maybe I'll bring a couple up to you in Merrickville and you tell me what, what the booze and blogger thinks about my homebrew. Hey, that would work. That would absolutely work. Um, but I thought you would be like a bourbon or a, or not, maybe not bourbon, more cognac. Oh yes, I do. I do love my cognac. I, uh, I, I always have a bottle of Courvoisier, but I recently got into Spanish brandy. I feel like a lot of cognac is just marketing. It's really just, uh, you know, you're paying for the prestige of drinking something from France, but the Spanish stuff is just as good, better oh, really? in some cases. Absolutely. And uh, I, I know you were saying you were into tequila for a while. I mean, I keep some at home, but it doesn't really you know, do anything for me. You know what the best, you know what's funny is that I like uh, cheap tequila. Yeah. Because you know what, it tastes just the same as the expensive stuff. I've had the expensive stuff too, and uh, it depends what you want to do fine. with it. It depends what you want to do with it. Like I think an expensive tequila is more for sipping, whereas if you're just gonna do shots and lick it with some salt and lemon, then yeah, you know, you might as well, <laughs> might as well be you doing WD forty well. at that point, right? I love my tequila, and I. That's the problem with uh, doing Dwayne's World in the summer is I haven't been doing any shots because it honestly is too fucking hot. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've been living on beer. I, I still have margaritas, like a pile of margaritas. Um, and this might sound a little uh, not like the booze and blogger, but have you tried that uh, that new vodka, that Pink Whitney crap? No, I've heard people talk about it, but... I don't really have any patience for mixers and I've mostly been sticking to beer for the last couple of months. Oh, I, that's when I started the show, when I was at the start of the show, this mug had like uh, four shots or five shots of pink Whitney and then topped up with lemonade. And it's actually pretty good. Problem well, is, pink is Whitney's like, just pink lemonade and vodka, right? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, it's one of those ones though, that kicks you in the, friggin' face after you've had so many of them it's like because i i'm bad i don't use a shot class i have all kinds of them i just don't use them I just you're free pour what's that you free pour i used to do yeah. that with kraken you know i'd free pour some in the mix of a coke probably end up getting like an octuple shot or whatever the hell you call yeah. it at that point. Yeah. yeah you know why because that just cuts down on the bullshit 
like you get your buzz a little faster. <laughs> oh my God. I really hope your, uh, your, your uh, podcast goes well because you know what you, I don't really care. I mean, I, I I'm know. using this. I'm using this as an opportunity to talk to people that I think are interesting. I want to talk to them about their process. I I want to get a sense for what it is that makes them them, and see you know what what kind of insights I can glean from it. So any any success or not success is is besides the point for me. But uh, you know, I'm I'm having fun chatting with you. Uh, you know, I, I, I always enjoyed seeing your, your posts. You, you, you've, you've lost a death metal intro to your, uh, to your, your video. That will there. come back. Did you know that's from Mitch and Mike, right? So what's, so what's the deal with you guys? Cause I got the sense that like, they kind of, they, they, they sort of pushed you in that direction to start putting those videos. That was the sense that I got. And then they're always taking the piss out of you every time you post it. Anyway. Well, that's the thing. Um, it is a bit of a shit show. My wife asked me actually how this podcast was going to be was, are you going to be Dwayne, the booze and blah? Are you going to be Dwayne, the smart Dwayne? Or are you going to be the Dwayne that's on Mitch, the you know the Dwayne's World podcast and it's like well no I think he wants me to be just me um, so yeah they try to take the piss out of me and uh, sometimes they do sometimes they don't uh, yeah that's their whole shtick um, Mitch turned into a bitch and uh, he's backed out so me and Mike we're not sure what's going to happen with our podcast uh, this is this is separate to Dwayne's World. You got a you got a podcast in the pipe work, which is Dwayne's World podcast. Oh, okay, I see. So that's that's in addition to the videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah, I do my own thing. They do mention or uh, two straight men or two straight guys, whatever the fuck it's called. I don't know. I don't watch it. Um, <laughs> but uh, they do their thing, and then we get together, and the three of us do you know, the Dwayne's World podcast where they try to fuck me up and get me to say shit and they edit it. They edit it. So it may, kind of makes me look bad. Um, but like, I mean, anybody who truly knows me um, knows that that's not like, um, I went into it with a guest and she absolutely had one idea about who I was and by the end of it, she would agreed with like everything I said. So yeah, it's it's uh, they try to fuck with me, but and it's fun. Yeah, um, we spend more time arguing over each other. That's why I kind of like the Zoom thing because it keeps everyone civil. Well, you can't you can't if I'm talking, it's hard for you to talk, and vice versa. Because doesn't it do, do something to the vocal, right? I mean, maybe I've got them side by side right now. And when I'm recording it, it's going to make an audio file that I can throw up as a podcast. And then the video, I can just chuck straight to YouTube at the same time. Yeah, no, that is, that's amazing. You're, and I see you're using a microphone, which is something that I never do. Um, now, are you running it through to your phone or to your, no, I see it's an XLR. So you're running it through. So I'm running it through an external board. sound. Yeah, I got an external uh, audio interface that plugs into my laptop. Originally, 
I had a black mat stage in my basement and a microphone stand, and I was going to record myself doing stand-up with a laugh track. And I planned this shit out back in, like, January of 2019. Like, this was going to be the thing that I was going to do, you know, because I wasn't going to get out to the clubs once the kids were born. And then the whole world shut down because of fucking COVID, and I just couldn't get off my arse to actually make any videos, even though I legit built a fake comedy club in my basement just so I could do fucking stand. That's awesome, dude. That so I had I had this mic here, and I had to put it to some kind of use. And well, so, I did my uh, one of my intros. I did um, "Don't Be a COVID Idiot," where I played my guitar. And I rewrote the words to, or the lyrics to American Idiot. And I used my microphone and I ran it through my PA and then into my camera. Um, and I have also done that with, uh, and I did the same thing with my Sharona. I played it on my bass. I played the my, my, my Sharona bass line, but changed it to my Corona. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's really simple, but yeah i think i might for my sound i might start running it through my pa but my pa is huge um originally i was a musician so it's like uh yeah my the equipment is powerful and it's hard and i don't understand how to get it all to work and that's what i'm going to spend this winter at is understanding how to run it and record it through my laptop yep. um, instead of recording it from my phone because all my recordings are from my phone. Yeah. Uh, and lately I've been trying to get back to one takes. Um, a person you might like, I mean, I, one of my personal favorite things that I see on Facebook right now is uh, Charles Burnell's beer reviews. If you watch those. No, I haven't seen those. Watch those. Uh, did you, did you watch my beer review? I, I have not, no. It, it, I did a beer review on Facebook, and um, it's on my timeline um, where I reviewed a beer. And he reviews all these beers, and he gives you a thumbs up, and they're fucking hilarious. Have you met Charles? I have not, no. I'm not you, very well You should, traveled. because you're, you're, uh, you guys are in the same neighborhood. Okay. And close to the same age. Um, but he does these, too, and you should, you should really watch those. Um, Oh, where was I going with that? Fuck, I'm old. Um, anyways, it's past does, your it's past your bedtime, Dwayne. Oh well, no, actually, yeah, it's starting to. Um, I try. I just stopped watching Hannah. I just okay. Hannah, have you ever seen that? It's on Prime. It's this friggin' kid who turned out to be an assassin. Blah blah blah. I just finished watching that. Now I'm just starting that stupid Cobra Kai thing. And I really don't have the energy to watch it tonight. So this is my pre-bedtime thing. Oh man, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. This is this is my pre-bedtime thing. I'm actually amazed one of my kids hasn't woken up, but chances are I'm gonna be up two or three times between now and five thirty in the morning. Months? Yeah, they're not great sleepers. I mean, one of the one of my little guys was like like he was at Chio. When he was two days old, they had to fix a hole. He had a hole in his her a hernia oh. in his diaphragm. And the thing was, like, he was at the hospital for the first three weeks of his life, and he never slept well. And you just figured, wow, it's all the alarms and the nurses and all this shit just waking him up. But 
now he's 18 months and he's still not sleeping through the night and his brother's not a hell of a lot better. And it's kind of like, what do you, what do you do at that point? Like we, you know, you talk to the sleep consultants and they're like, just let him cry it out. And then they just puke. Yeah, but their... you can't. That feels terrible. Well, it feels terrible, but I, I was going to give it a try. Catherine was weak, but I was like, no, I'm going to fucking like, we're going to, we're going to man up and let him cry it out. And you know what happened? He barfed all over his crib and he didn't go to sleep. So instead of, instead of getting him to sleep through the night, I just had to clean a bed. He had to come to bed with us because it was covered in puke in his nursery and he still didn't sleep. So it's like, well, you know, we tried something and it didn't friggin' work. So we're just going to hope that he grows out of it by the time he's, you know, 18. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I had, uh, what I have is what I called, my first one was perfect. He was perfect. Slept through the night, like, right from the start. Yeah. Had naps in the afternoon. So I got naps in the afternoon because I was laid off at the time. Beauty. And then came along the second one, the sucker baby. Your, good, your first one was so good, they suckered you in to get a second one. And holy <laughs> Fuck. He didn't sleep till he was five. Like, I, I feel your pain, brother. I really, really do. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it while you're laughing, but all right. Oh, I'll take your word no, for it. I, I honestly, I was there. I was there <laughs> doing the same shit you're doing. And it's fucking suck. I can't tell you it will get better. But your boys have cool names too, because they're not they're not modern names. What are you? Well, there's Nicholas. I mean, that's pretty. That's okay, that's pretty, pretty normal. Yeah, and then the other one is Pierre Louis, because my wife's grandfather was was Pierre, and my grandfather on my mom's side is Laszlo, and Laszlo, you can't really have half French, half Hungarian. We just made it Pierre Louis, and apparently that's an actual like French French name that they have in Quebec. There's a no, they're so Pierre cool. And like I said, I I so enjoy every time you put up videos and pictures of your kids because honestly, dude. I miss that with mine. Those are the best. Those <sighs> sentimental booze and blogger coming out. The excuse me. The best time of your life will be up until they start school. It's nice to hear that. It really is. There are days when you know I really miss getting eight hours in a row, but I definitely like when they're running up to you and like they're bringing their storybooks they want dad to read to them or they're, you know, they're playing with you. I mean, that, that is, that is really fun. They're at an age right now where like when they were really, really little babies, there's not a hell of a lot you can do with them. They just kind of eat and shit and sleep. But, yeah. uh, but, but now like they, they actually play with you and that's really, and cool. they have personalities. hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's the, like, I mean, you ended up with twins, which was awesome because you only had to do it through the, go through the ones. I did mine twice, but I mean, you get, I don't know. I really do. I look at my kids now and I, and I find myself looking at my old pictures of them because I took a pile of pictures and I really miss that age. Like the, the 18 month age to the 24 month, um, was freaking phenomenal you're teaching them they're learning things and they're um i don't know this to me that was the most fun part uh, and they couldn't run away from you <laughs> they're pretty they're pretty damn fast even now so they are like i mean i taught my kids both to box because i don't believe in bullying but i don't believe the pussy aspect of what the schools are saying 
uh, you know, like never fight, you know, like shake it off, shake it off. Um, so I taught my, I boxed for two years in high school and um, I taught both boys to box and holy fuck, my 14 year old hits like a fucking truck. And it freak, kind of freaks me out because he hits harder than like the 16 year old. But they've been bullied and both of them have done the thing like talk to your teacher, talk to your principal. And if that continues and they touch you, knock them the fuck out. And both kids have done that. Um, but the uh, 14 year old, holy crap, when he hit the kid, he, he had a kid twice his size. And, you know, um, so you're got that to look forward to as they get older, all that bullying bullshit. Speaking of looking forward to, I'm hearing some chatter on my radio feed over here on the back. I got the baby monitor in the other room. All right. So I I think that's as good a segue as any. I'm going to blame the kids for for, for wrapping it up. But this has been an awesome hour and a bit, Dwayne. I'm so glad that we got to do this. And uh, um, I'm looking forward to Like I said, I've been a fan of yours since I saw you on stage. You're funny. To me, you were hilarious because we were the same kind of person. Only I didn't come across on stage that way. You are like you on stage is like the booze and blogger minus all the swearing and stuff. But I mean, you're pretty aggressive. I, I, I like to go hard. So I, I appreciate uh, that we're kindred spirits and Dwayne McMullen, AKA Dwayne, the booze and blogger. Thank you so much for, uh, for chatting with me today. Thanks for having me, buddy. And take care of yourself. You have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Well, that was a great chat with Dwayne McMullen. I really enjoyed myself. I wish we hadn't gotten quite bogged down in talking about police brutality. I guess it was related to the video that got him in trouble with the local stand-up circle, but I really don't want to do anything that can be interpreted as partisan politics over here. But I guess once we teased it out, I think we saw more eye-to-eye than we didn't, and... I know that Dwayne's heart's in the right place, so I'm always happy to have a chat with him. I don't think he does anything just for rhetorical value. Uh, Overall, I had a great time with him. Uh, I hope you enjoyed listening. If you don't, well, who cares if you listen? But if you did, I look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Who Cares If You Listen is a podcast recorded by me, Antonio Jambardino, and hosted by me, Antonio Jambardino. The theme song was written by me. The end credits are based on a tune by Autorito Respighi, and also played by me, badly, on my Techniques KN1400. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback about this podcast or anything else, you know where to find me. And if you don't, I probably don't want to hear from you, so you can just keep your comments to yourself. Have a good night, and take care of yourself.